good evening, everybody, and welcome again to the Chipman Brothers Tangent. Um, as always, I'm Chris. I'm Bob. And um, this is uh, this is going to be kind of cool because this is a rare second occasion on the tangent where Bob and I are actually in the same room. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Woo! yeah. I mean, Chris's living room is very nice. It looks very Christmassy in here. Very, very Christmassy. Very Christmassy. I'll have to put a picture up of the Christmas. Yeah, the trees and such. Um, so, uh, I'm going to start before we even talk about anything by saying this is probably the first one of these podcasts where I'm going to say, um, out of penalty of death from all of you, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, yep. spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, many, many spoilers coming um, in. Yes. Yeah. And, and with that, we're going to talk about, uh, Star Wars, the last Jedi. Yes. Which, um, Bob has recently posted a very spoiler free review of. Yes, I did. And I, um, earlier tonight gave my one word review where I called it unpredictable. Yeah. Which is not bait. No. Um, you, you're not going to get a remake of a Star Wars movie like we did with the force awakens here. Yeah. I'm going to start there. Um, so before getting into deep detail, Bob, you, I, I haven't read your review. So what did you think? Loved it. Thought it was great. Yes, yeah, same here. I just saw it today. This is the day it came out, right? Yeah. The 15th? Yes, it is. So I saw it after it made its first $45 million last night. <laughs> um, yes. And it should definitely make a lot more. Um, so, yeah, where to start on The Last Jedi, Bob? Oh, Jesus, where do you start on uh, on, on this one? It, it's, a great, it, it, it's a great movie. It's, it is a great movie with Star Wars stuff in it, which makes it a great Star Wars movie. It is, it's, in fact, a great Star Wars movie. Shut up, all of you! <laughs> it, it, it's not. It's not a bad Star Wars movie because it does things different than you thought it was gonna do. This is why I like doing this with you, Chris. Is is because like you know I I have to like live in this. I I have to like you know marinate in this culture like professionally all the time. So like as I'm watching this and enjoying this and seeing you know things that are big deals and big buttons and stuff. I, I'm I'm surprised at the level to which people are unhappy with portions of this. I'm not surprised that they are because I've seen this a million times and I know what you know, I, I know when watching something nine times out of ten when I'm gonna go, it's like, uh yeah, the internet isn't gonna like that. And uh and I was right about that in in <laughs> in, 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 in this case. The internet is is a is is more unhappy with this than they probably were with any of the Star Wars prequels because with all of those it kind of took exactly six months for people to decide that they weren't good. Yeah, um, I just I went in watching it today and hadn't read anything. Yeah, um, so I didn't know. I didn't know people were angry. So I'm here watching this movie unfold and I'm just giddy. And even the audience I saw with them, I'm not sure if the audience was fully into it. Mm. Which was kind of an interesting thing because it it was great. I mean it yeah. it has fan service where it needs it. I mean, b- before we get into an analysis of it, I think the last time I saw something like this and something that I was really geeky about was Metal Gear Solid Two. Okay, yeah. Um, and and I'm not oh, saying that's a good analogy. Wow. It's a really good analogy, yeah. right? Because because they released a trailer. Right. That was a playable demo of Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah. Where the whole time you played as Snake. Right, yeah. And Snake is the character in every Metal Gear Solid game. Yeah. And you play this demo, and then the demo ends. Mm-hmm. And when you buy the game, what's the opening of the game but that demo? And you play it, and that's the last time you play as Snake in the fucking game. Yeah. And they yeah. introduced a new <laughs> character that 
isn't Snake. Yeah. It's not even, like, another character that plays a Snake. It's a fucking ninja. Yeah. With completely different controls, completely different moves, and it's a wonderful game because yeah. of it, yeah. not in spite of it. Right. Yeah. And and I think that's a really good analogy here because where would you okay, so so let's start there. The Force Awakens. Yes. Is it a good film? Yeah. It I, is. I agree. Is this a better film? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, like is. right by Miles. And it's funny because I think the Force Awakens at times might feel might evoke more of a Star Wars movie to me because it's trying to be a Star Wars movie we've seen before. Right, yeah. Whereas this one feels incredibly new, so I'm still I'm still like marinating in it yeah. and thinking about it because the movie let's just say it like it is, the Metal Gear Solid 2 analogy being there. This movie is doesn't go ten minutes without taking a risk. Yeah. It doesn't go ten minutes without taking a risk in character, in tone, yep. in cinema style, in exposure of frame. It it, it it doesn't stick the landing sometimes. They're very minor, but it doesn't stick the landing sometimes. Yeah. But could, I mean, most of the Star Wars films at this point were directed by George Lucas. We wouldn't be able to say that before, right? The, I don't know, maybe not most. He's directed four of them. Four, 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 by, of them. four by George Lucas and, uh, and Empire was, yeah, M- Empire is that Kasdan. Kasdan and then, uh, and uh, then um, Marquand for Jedi. Yep. And, and then J.J. Uh, Abrams. J.J. Abrams, Gary and, and, uh, and now Rain, Rain, Johnson. Rain Johnson. And so it would, I mean, this was a weird thing to say. You've got Brothers Bloom, Looper, and Brick. All fantastic movies. Yeah. I think Brick's still my favorite, but they're all really fucking good. Oh, it's real close. It's yeah. real close, right? Because they're all good movies. But yeah. it's weird to have seen, before seeing him work at this kind of level. Yeah. But I think Ryan yeah. Johnson is the best director that has ever made a Star Wars film. Kasdan's a really cool, right? That might yeah, be the yeah. I would I would definitely say it's 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 odd because um, this is the most directed yeah. film I think because once once because mm-hmm. like Lucas tried something different with the first three and yeah. they don't all work but at least they're visually interesting and different right but yeah. George Lucas would never be accused of being you know a, a brilliant Hollywood director he's made some great films and he started some things but this film was directed yeah. Like the Last Jedi, like some someone came in and said, "You know what? I'm making a movie first. Oh, cool! It's also a Star Wars movie." Yeah, uh, I'm, you had said about the the ending bits. Mm-hmm. I think when we were talking just before this, and I, I think you had said you said this in a review. Yeah, but that last planet they get to, the the red salt planet. Yeah, yeah. that shit. You know, that's filmed like someone with this much of an effects budget wouldn't normally make those decisions. Yeah. Those scenes, it, it's, it looked like an Akira Kurosawa movie. Yeah, it's really, it's, 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 <laughs> it, it was just completely it, bonkers. Yeah, it's really, it's really something. It's, uh, I would say it's probably the most, yeah, it, 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 it may well be the most visually inventive in, in terms of changing the language of how we do blockbuster movies. It might be the most visually inventive since at least the original Star Wars. Yeah, I, I j- give it j- that. J- just because, like, star- like the original Star Wars does not get... Because it's impossible to talk about the original Star Wars without talking about Star Wars as a franchise and all of the things that it went on to and became, is that what gets lost in a lot of that is just how different that was at the time. Like, we, we think... Be- because Star Wars became the language of every other blockbuster movie... We we over we we underrate to the degree to which 
Lucas basically invented an entirely new cinematic language he with really Star did. Wars. There's like movies did not use those kind of shots in genre films. You did not do naturalistic outdoor photography with, you know, big creatures and, and stuff. And you certainly didn't marry them with, you know, a more conventional score. You know, uh, the like the first Star Wars sort of vaguely resembles equal parts of like Silent Running and uh, Planet of the Apes of its right. other, of its other contemporary sci-fi movies but it sort of takes them away from the 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 kind of you know darker avant-garde technologically focused you know gonzo background music score thing that those had going on and marries them to uh, you know this this very classical John John Williams score. You know John Williams at the time having this reputation. Hard to believe at one point John Williams could almost not get arrested in Hollywood because um, the the trend in movie scores for so long had been minimalist avant garde stuff. And here's this new young guy who's doing the best version anyone has ever heard of movie music that no one is asking for anymore. Yeah. And and then in comes Spielberg and Lucas who want everything to sound like a Cecil B. DeMille movie. Right. And, and you know and I mean like this was pe- people un- underestimate that whole idea i mean try to describe what a lightsaber sounds like you know to uh to anyone before like i i you know i even if there had been like laser swords in a movie before the original star wars you know they you, didn't sound like you this. have to imagine it would have turned on and been like you know like in, be in, like a theremin yeah in, in <sighs> instead of this whole kind of you know this you know it, it's got a whole other yeah. so so that, that's a really good point you know mm. the original star wars is inventive yes you know, of course it is, right? Yeah. So here we are in 2017. Yes. This is Disney and Lucasfilm. This is the new big corporate conglomerate making yeah. Star Wars movies. Yeah. But I love that these Star Wars movies fe- still feel untouched by Disney in that this doesn't look like a Marvel movie. No, no. Do you know what I mean? It, it, Like you said, it like whereas The Force Awakens looked like, okay, we're using nowadays special effects to make a Star Wars movie. Yeah. This one looks like oh, crap, it's like they just made the next Star Wars movie yeah. and happened to also have all this cool new technology. This movie manages to have inventive shots, so much so that when it does something that looks kind of, I wouldn't, kind of like more like something out of a Harry Potter movie, which that casino dog chase kind of is still much more green yeah. screen than mm-hmm. the rest of the stuff in the movie. I wouldn't say that those scenes aren't as good, because, mm-hmm. they. I mean, ILM's at the top of their game here, right? This isn't Mummy Returns ILM that didn't yeah. finish half their shots. Yeah. But... Those are way more noticeable, whereas The Force Awakens was kind of blending and trying to evoke something else. And this is going, yeah. no, we're doing, this is this is going to be a shot you haven't seen before. Yeah. We're going to do something different with the Millennium Falcon or this X-Wing that you haven't seen before. Mm. But the shots are going to feel like a Star Wars movie. But where you think we're going to zig, we're going to zag, and yeah. then we're going to do this also. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I thought... I I just, it was just a feast to watch. Yeah. And the amazing thing is all, I'm saying all of this, but the movie is small and I don't mean small in emotion or small. Mm -hmm. I mean, in ground covered and what's actually going on. This is much more of an intimate story. A little bit. Yeah. Than the force awakens was the force awakens is very broad and very mystery boxy and very, you know, trying to open up the universe like rogue one kind of tried to do and jumped around all over the place. Yeah. This one is kind of going, no, this is this is about these people yeah. and this struggle, mm-hmm. and 
the scenes with Ray and Luke are just about Ray and Luke and Luke kind of on his last step of just giving up on the force completely and yeah, giving up yeah. on the, and it's every character, almost every character that we, we'll get into that, but every character that needs to have a good beat and have a really intimate moment in this movie gets it. And it yeah. doesn't feel overstuffed. No, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like one character got too much time. Mm. It doesn't feel like they're overusing their cameos and their yeah. characters from the old movies. And I, I, another thing I was really impressed with, it's funny. It is. And not in like well, a Jar Jar. Funny. But not but but again, like I remember in The Force Awakens when, when Poe is getting intimidated by Kylo Ren at the beginning and he gets jokey. Yeah. And it doesn't it fits, but it's like I don't I don't feel like they've earned that character being able to be that way yet. Yeah. This movie has visual pratfall sight and vocal gags that yeah. all link. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, like the like they feel natural, like they're yeah. supposed to be. Like this character would do that. Yeah, well, that that, that is getting it, it. That is definitely it's it's a revival of what again going back to the original Star Wars, which is of of the of many of the things that made it different than other films, especially in that genre were before. Was that if you did either a sci-fi movie or like a fantasy medieval wizard kind of magic movie, is you very seldom had anyone behaving in a contemporary manner unless they were making jokes about it, right? And like you know, the, the original Star Wars, it's there's not a lot of it, but it's 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 pretty much mostly Han. Like that is like, yeah, like Han's role, and in to to a degree that is uh, that that's kind of Poe po Dameron's role in the new ones. Is he's very you know when people say which one of these characters are which. It's sort of like back and forth debatable as to whether or not Finn or Ray are direct analogs to Leia, Luke, whoever. But Poe is definitely there to be Han Solo. He's a cocky son of a bitch, and he is the guy who appears to be whatever else is going on. Like, just as Han was whatever else is going on in space, Han was a cocky bastard from 1977, you know, on Tatooine or wherever. Uh, Poe is very much a very slick, confident man of 2017. Yes, he is. Who happens to be in space. And it's, in the original Star Wars, they use it sparingly, but, uh, you know, because, you know, it's it's wars and there's death and genocide going on and whatnot. But whenever we cut back to Han, you know, it's it's a really refreshing beat when, you know, the, the, the space wizard and the farm boy who've been going through this uh, this very classical kind of, you know, King Arthur hero's journey when they get to the bar and there's something like space jazz, which, yes, unfortunately in the Star Wars universe that is called jizz. That is the name of the style of music that is played in the cantina. Tis, because tis the jizz. Be, because, because uh, you know, this was a movie written by 20-year-olds, so uh, there you go. But uh, when they get there and they encounter Han Solo for the first time, what makes Han, even before you've seen him wield the blaster and even before you know that Harrison Ford is a badass, what makes him so interesting is they walk in and suddenly amid all of this weirdness, here's this very contemporary seeming regular guy who his every line of dialogue is about cutting through all of the space bullshit. Yes, it is. You know, C-3PO, they're on the Falcon and uh, C-3PO gives him, you know, that, you know, does the Mr. Spock thing, you know, where it's like, you know, sir, you know, odds of survival are 3.5 and he cuts him off and goes, never tell me the odds, which now every sci-fi movie does that all the time. But at the time that was like, oh, and the audience loves that because the audience is looking and going, yes, that's what I would be saying in this situation. I'm, I'm with this guy. Or when, when Greedo sits down and, you know, they're having the conversation back and forth and, you know, we've already seen, you know, 
Kenobi do the, you know, these are not the droids you're looking for, and, and do the sort of very solemn version of, you know, managing and bullshitting people. And then Han is there and starts going into, he's like, you know, Rito, you know, I was just coming to see Jabba. Oh, and it's like, oh, yeah, okay, this is there. And Poe kind of has that role in, in this one, you know, the... I knew that this was going in a different direction right off the bat because we have the opening bit of business when he, he you know, calls through to, uh, to, to we won't need to describe the whole scene, but he makes the, the phone call to, uh, to, to the... And pretends to, he's on hold, pretends he can't hear him. Yeah, and pretends... I'm, I'm still waiting for General Hux. Yeah, he... he, so, he and it's, it's brilliant. Right. It's, yeah, and it's, it's the Star Wars version of a gag that you would see in a regular movie where someone fucks with... Uh, you know, someone they're trying to get over on by pretending that there's that they're on a bad line or something, and it's a different kind of joke than has ever been in one of these movies, or at least it's the first time they've done something on on that kind of level ever since Han in the first one pretending not to be able to understand. Oh no, when when they when they sneak onto the Death Star and yep. he's talk on the thing and he yep. starts going, uh, no, we're doing pretty good up here. How are you? And then shoots the panel and it's like, oh yeah, right. This is this is a real guy. This is amidst all of this nonsense. This is the the guy. And well, and that's yeah. and, and I find that that writing, yeah, you immediately have more character development for Poe than you had in the entire first movie. A little bit, yeah. I mean, and and Poe's po- po- still damn good in the first movie, but yeah. they just, you learn a lot more about him right there. Well, also, Poe is not in 90% of the last movie because, that we, true. because we pretend... We're supposed to think he's dead. We, we pretend that he's dead for, like, half of it. Yeah. yeah. But um, it, it was really cool, and I I liked how that's happening to Hux for the entirety of the movie. Yeah. He is just being played and shit on by everybody. Yeah, yeah. Including, I, including I, I, I like the, the Snoke double playing him and Kylo like I don't need any of these fucking people and he's still building Kylo up like he's some Vader yeah. but at the end of the day it's like no when this guy's in here I'm telling him that you're a piece of shit and when you're in here I'm telling you he's a piece of shit well it's <laughs> who who knows how much like uh, as in creating these like I give I give Abra- JJ Abrams a lot of uh, a lot of crap for being you know kind of an an a militantly competent filmmaker you know who was probably the perfect person to do the Force Awakens. I, I, I like I like him a lot more than you do, but um, but, well, he, well, like I, I give I give Abrams a lot of shit because I think he deserves it. But uh, and also, you know, we'll we'll probably talk about this in a minute. But the fanboy culture obsession with everything being a mystery that you can figure out and explain and whatnot, and that is, you have figured out before the movie, right? That is nine hundred percent Abrams' fault. the The entire mystery box culture and all of this stuff that's grown out of Lost. Like he, like people can talk about this of, you know, like the 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 joint like Joss Whedon, J.J. Uh, Abramsification of nerd culture and the way that stories are told. You can blame some of the uh, the tendency for everyone to sound like they're fourteen in genre fiction. Now you can put that on Whedon, but no one knowing how to tell a an actual regular fully formed story and fanboys demanding that they be told that way is 100% Abrams fault. He did True. all of that. And, and this, this movie, and again, I enjoy watching those movies yeah. a lot more than I enjoy yeah. all of the stuff that comes with it because yeah. the trailers for this movie seem to be set up to keep playing with the mystery box idea. This yeah. was, this was all intentional. Right. So you get to this movie and this movie goes, Oh yeah, you wanted to learn about a lot about Snoke, huh? Well, guess what? He's fucking dead. Enjoy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I went, holy shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. before we get to learn, I mean, granted, he's a great kid. Andy Serkis is now yeah. the, 
he has always been and is now the top notch. The fact that all he has in this movie is dialogue, yeah, basically, yeah. and it's right right up there with the best scenes of Palpatine and the yeah. Emperor yeah, and their intimidation because there's there's more of a there's more of a I'd fucking eat you if I could yeah like yeah. thing about him where it's just like you know what I mean like he it it's it's very nasty yeah like but, and um but the fact that all that goes down and Kylo Ren is still evil yeah. but you know what I'm gonna fucking kill you. Do you know? Yeah, and, well, and, it's a it's it's a really good because it's and and the same thing. Maz Kanata. Yeah, she. I you know I would normally give Johnson crap for even do putting her in the movie the way that he did. But yeah. one, I liked the character. Yeah, I don't fun. like that the character is a mystery box delivery system, mm. but I like the character. But I do like that little middle finger even with her, where it's like, yeah, they're just gonna kind of talk to her over a over a yeah, screen, and that's just, it. Really call, quick, we're just calling her up. We're just gonna call her up real quick to get it to get to get a piece of information to have a fetch quest, yeah, which does not succeed. Yeah, that is a Star Wars first. Mm. I think that little, should have been bit. that should mm. have been like the big like this is how we're gonna fix everything. Yeah. It's the only way we're gonna save everybody, and it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, it, it's awesome. Yeah, you know what well, I mean. That's, that's not even rare for Star Wars. It's rare for any movie to every like they 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 took. Like, they took Finn's and Rose, yeah. who we'll get to, because Ro- holy is shit. Rose is delightful. Rose is just perfect. Ro- Rose is great. And Rose is our insert, when we talk about the last shot of yeah, the movie, yeah. Rose is our insert into a world expansion that we haven't gotten. Yeah. I mean, it's a level even Rogue One didn't show us these these guys. You well, know what well, I mean? And it, I, well, it's a level that we've gotten before, but it was it, it was in the prequels, and they kind of bungled it. Yeah. So, so like it's it's sort of a she's kind of an attempt to do something that Star Wars has been sort of has tried to you know poke up against, but has just kind of lacked the perspective to actually do, which is part of the the theme of this. So, so I guess I guess we're, we're I mean we're not going to go through this like you know frame by frame. No, but let's let's, let's 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 talk let's, about the things people are angry yeah, about. So let's, let's about, start there. So the thing that people are the most upset about, uh, Sarah, Sarah, if you, if you want to cover your ears for this one, you can she's go ahead. Asleep. Oh, she's asleep. Yeah. Oh well. Okay. So, <laughs> do you want to to go into it or should I start? Oh. You, you'll start and I'll bounce. Okay. So when I talk about people being pissed at the the mystery box thing, listen, I am someone who deeply loves the fan engagement side of things like the Marvel movies where. The movies where movies that are in these big, long franchises where you know that you're always getting another one will leave things unanswered and seed information into the background that maybe could answer that question for you if you're paying attention. And, you know, I mean, I do this for a living, so I, it, would be a hip, it would be hypocritical of me who has written like four or five different variations in, within the last week on will X thing related to the Marvel movies be in the X-Men Dark Phoenix movie just based right. on speculation. Like, it would be hypocritical of me to to say that I don't understand the fun of things like that or of being able to look at, uh, you know, a the, the Avengers movies and whatnot and say, oh, I think I know where an Infinity Stone is going to be. All of that things. Like, I, I get that. And I get that that is a a method of engaging with your audience to put those things in so that if it, if they do figure out what you're doing beforehand, then they get to feel good and feel like, yes, I am, 
you know, smart and figure that out because I am a more devoted fan and I'm And there's being, nothing wrong with that. And I'm being rewarded for my devotion. The only time there's something wrong with it is is, is when you're doing that when there's a more interesting option to tell the story and also when you're doing that in place of telling a story. Like we we just had the 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 awful Batman v Superman and the awful Justice League movie which I still have not seen. Right, which which are all bad. And one of the things that's bad about them is that they are 100% playing this game where, you know, there's all of this stuff in Batman v Superman that is unanswered and left loose, which is clearly meant to be a payoff in in Justice League. And then they decided, oh, wait, people didn't like that movie, so now we have to take all this stuff out of Justice League. So now there's one movie with stuff missing and another movie with stuff missing, and they're both bad movies. That's why you don't build your whole story around servicing fans who want to be able to figure out the movie beforehand. So in The Force Awakens, because it's Abrams, we're doing this thing where there's really only one mystery in The Force Awakens. And that mystery is uh, Rey doesn't know who her parents are. And and that it's unusual because like we know who Kylo Ren's parents are. And we know because we've seen this in the other movies that people can sort of inherit Jedi abilities from their parents. And you can kind of deduce, even though this new movie goes into deeper context as to what really went on, what went down with Luke and Kylo. Unless they've got some big reveal that Luke's really a Sith. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can pretty much gather what happened there. Yeah, the only thing that's actually a mystery, the the, the thing is too. How the the thing that people I'm sorry, what what do you think the other mystery was? Well the other mystery is is how Maz came about Luke's lightsaber. Maybe that's never answered. Okay, that's fair. But I, you know, why is why does she have it in the box? Why her? Yeah, Do you know what I mean. That, that that's probably right. something that'll never get answered. But right. I always right. like that was always more interesting to me than the rest of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that isn't a so yeah. But like that's that's not so much a mystery as that's a thing that isn't explained. She, and, yeah. She she's a little MacGuffin that never gets explained. Well. Right. Right. Well. Right. But like it's it's we have because we can now follow movies and especially these big franchise movies and people can make wikis and look at them. And this thing that only the most obsessive people used to do of making spreadsheets and keeping track of who's where and what power level everyone has. These things that only hardcore nerds used to do is now the entire media landscape of genre film. And because of that, we've been kind of trained that there is no such thing as a loose plot thread and that there's no such thing as a question that is not important. That if something is not fully, that if something seems important but doesn't have a thousand percent explanation behind it, it's coming it, at some that, point. That it must be. And so, as such, uh, Supreme Leader Snoke shows up in as a hologram in The Force Awakens as the new guy who is in charge of the Force, the, the First Order. He may or may not be a Sith, but he's definitely a Force user. Yeah, and especially he, in this one, that's very yeah. much and, 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 shown. And, and and he has taken up control of the remnants of the Empire and made it into this new alt right version of the the Empire called the First Order. And that's it. Now, in the original Star Wars, we do not hear the words. Palpatine, we do not hear, uh, well, we don't hear Palpatine. I mean, we don't even hear the word Emperor. We don't in, hear, in the new no, no, we hear Emperor. We hear near the end. No, no, it's in, it's in the middle. It's in the middle? Okay. It's in the middle. When, because, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, we hear it once because when Vader goes into the That's conference right. room 
and he says he threatens the emperor's coming or something. Uh, like no, that. not that he's coming. He he mentions that the emperor has informed him that he's finished dissolving the senate. That's right. Uh, and uh, which by which is of course a contradiction because he's already gotten rid of the senate by the end of uh, the whatever. Okay, but uh, ooh. no, but but the point is is that in the original Star Wars we are not told like like we hear Anakin Skywalker's name once. Otherwise, he's Luke's father. We are told, you know, that he knew him when he was a pilot. We don't know uh, why he... We don't know why Kenobi has his lightsaber. We don't know any of this stuff. We don't know who the Emperor is. He's mentioned once. We we, we never hear the word Sith. We never yep. hear the word Sith. It's looped in in the, the, the re-released it in the special editions. No, but those aren't to real. Have it. But, but, like, the word Sith never comes up. The word Jedi Temple never comes up. Yoda's never mentioned. N- none of this is, is ever... Uh, I think we hear Leia's last name once, is that we, we know that she's Leia Organa once because of this. And people who are Star Wars fans after this forget, because immediately after the movie came out, they bought the action figures that had the cards on the back that told you everyone's backstory. So people assume, just like they assume that uh, everyone thinks that Wedge Antilles is in uh, the, the, the A New Hope uh, before he actually shows up and Luke recognizes him. Because after that movie came out, everyone read the Marvel Comics yep. adaptation where the scene with Wedge was left in. But uh, so I know that got out of track. I'm sorry. But so in the in the Force Awakens, when Snoke shows up, he is not given some kind of giant backstory explaining who he is. He's just the new guy who is in charge of things. That is not a mystery. That's just information that was not important enough to tell you. But people assumed it was a mystery because it's been like 20 years since a villain has shown up in a movie that didn't have something attached to him. So when he turns up in this movie now, and, uh, I, you know, fine, we're doing full spoilers, when we, we have the big... The, they basically, re- most of this movie is Empire, but when Kylo Ren and Rey go before Snoke, this is very clearly, okay, we're jumping ahead to Luke versus Vader in front of the Emperor at the end of Jedi, right. and it's a different way that that one plays out. But I'll say it also, it evokes those movies instead of being a copy of. Well, it's not a copy, but like, if we're talking... Whereas a New yeah. Hope is like foreign copied in Force Awakens at times. Well, but, well, no, well, I, I think it... But story beat wise, those scenes. Well, yeah. well, story beat wise. But I mean, like, uh, like Last Jedi is, and it didn't occur to me until well after that it really is evoking Empire in the sense that we are once again doing a thing where the members of the cast who are not Jedi are on an extended chase sequence trying that, to go from one place to another while, while someone else is on a planet that's mostly water getting trained by another Jedi and learning something. Well, that is scene. all there. So, so, but but, but, it's, but, it's but I, still, I still hold that it all remains very unpredictable no, in how it plays well, out. Well, it does because it doesn't all, because like Force Awakens, it does the, we're copying the same beats from A New Hope, but we're also going to have new Tatooine and new Death, new Death Star. Star. Right, yeah. Which is fine, by the way, because I think if you're going to do it, it, you know, if you're going to say, hey, Star Wars is back, having it's the Death Star, but, well, like, it's a different thing. And, and it, also, r- really quick, while yeah. we're finishing that thought, right? the only way to re... And a lot of you that didn't like The Force Awakens are going to get angry at me for saying this, but the only way to reboot Star Wars, because yeah. that's really what The Force Awakens was doing, it is. was to not make something risky and completely different as the first one. Yeah. Because what Lucas did was that, and it didn't work. Yeah, no. I'm not saying that I fault him for trying. He, it just didn't work. Yeah. And, um, 
he he did some retconning and fixed it up a bit in Revenge of the Sith. That was definitely at least the movie we wanted to have for some parts. Yeah. At least gave us the story beats we wanted to see. Like, right. how yeah. did Anakin become Vader? They did that. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, so Force Awakens kind of being the lob ball pitch than it was story-wise. Yeah. It's it's kind of like the James Cameron Titanic pitch. How do you get people to show up? Make it a very recognizable love story. Yeah. Um, Avatar, how do you get people to show up? Fern Gully. Right. Well, also, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, well, also, <laughs> it's, you know, on a, on a meta level, you know, they're letting people, you know, what, you know, what, what Disney wanted, wanted every review to lead with on Force Awakens was Star Wars, the way you like it is back. Right. And, and, you know, the, to, the only way to make sure that happens is to make it another movie where a droid crashes on a desert planet and meets a random yep. person who turns out to be a Jedi and et cetera, et cetera. But then this one has the balls to retcon some of that. Well, it, it will not just retcon it, but do what Empire did and say, okay, you think you know what the rules are of this. You don't actually. And, so, so in the scene that yeah, we're talking there's about, there's stakes as, and yeah, things are dark. And, as as, as we're, we're going into this business with with the stuff about the snow. about the mystery and stuff. So, you know, so, so in this version of the Vader and Luke facing off in front of the Emperor, you know, when our Luke analog turns to our Vader analog and says, "Hey, you should, uh, you know, you should come to my, you know, hey, you should come to my side and just take this guy out. You're more powerful." The Vader analog listens. And down goes Snoke before he can even bother beginning to tell us who he is. And, and I gotta say, yeah, th- like this is when hiring Andy Circus, yeah, is a very good idea. It is because the man's voice, that scene, is just awesome. Because I, I love how Snoke. I do like this whole idea that like the Kylo Ren is like the angry white boy, low rent Vader. Yeah, and Snoke is like. I'm not going to say the angry white boy version of the Emperor, but he's definitely got a... He thinks he's more awesome than he actually is. He, he's definitely Caligula to... Yeah. To, to, uh, to, Even with a big golden robe yeah. and, the, and the fake red wall. Yeah. It's just like a tarp hanging down under like regular ship is all yeah. amazing. But um, his line of just like, I've seen your... Like, like he's so proud of himself. The only reason you're here is because... I set up this weird force bridge so you guys could talk bullshit because it seems like they could just do that the whole time, but whatever. And I knew you'd see his weakness because he's such a fool, you know, and all this. And he's saying, I've seen his future. I've seen him pick up the saber and you're watching it turn towards him on the table. And it's just so well done. It is, but it's also, (laughs) but it's, it's also a brilliant turnaround because they pull that. And like, this is three turnarounds guaranteed to piss off the fans in a row and it doesn't redeem kylo it will it will it 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 redeems him and it doesn't because you know in all of these movies the way that the in any movie like this when you have the bad guy who is the the whiny kid bad guy you know where you're doing the thing where okay this person is powerful and you know has abilities and could very well be a uh, a significant dangerous force in things but they're also kind of immature and they let the other guys bully them is when you point that out to them and when they like turn it around and get the bully guy that also cures them of being a bastard. Whereas in, whereas in in this, you know, it turns around on him and it's like, Hey, okay. Thanks for, you know, helping me, you know, get over. By the way, I still want absolute power and I'm evil. Well, not not only that he's evil though, because he, we've seen that he's not, it's not so much out of evil of him is that this is a guy who has been 
pretty much failed by the people who were supposed to be in charge of, of, you know, like obviously Snoke was involved in, in doing this, but, uh, you know, well, Snoke's Snoke's the Satan character. Well, he, he pushed him, but like, (laughs) but this is, you know, uh, the the, the per- well Luke Skywalker basically who was the person to be redeemed here is Luke Skywalker yeah like Skywalker fucked up yeah he Luke uh, Luke, Luke, Luke fucked up well he you know unfortunately he was much more of a Qui Gon than an Obi Wan and uh, yeah so so and, and that and that's he, that's I think another thing that might anger people yeah I think that I uh, think the you know the the Kylo Ren being fully turned to the dark side and tried to kill Luke yeah which is a great reveal in this movie it, it should have been an obvious one but it's a great reveal yeah. is the no Kylo, the look, that line from Luke, I looked at a young Padawan who saw that his master failed him because I was walking into his tent. I saw the dark side and decided I'm going to fucking kill him. Yeah. Like that's, that's pretty goddamn intense. Yeah. Well, also, because this is like the, the, there are multiple running themes through this. And one of them is that, uh, you know, yes, we enjoyed the nostalgia of the last one. But the only way any of this, both as a story and as a franchise, moves forward is if we get the old people off the board. And yeah. and, and this is, look, we need to not just, you know, have the characters say that, you know, take their last bow and, and, and head off. But also we need to get past the the knights and the masters and the nobles and the princesses and the lords and all of this kind of aristocratic stuff that was in the first one meant to give it this air of a, of a fantasy thing more than a sci-fi thing, but has kind of become a, a limiting, almost elitist sort of thing that's throughout the franchise, uh, you know, which unfortunately Lucas made worse by making the force thing, something that you have to be born with the right blood to use, which, uh, is obviously still part of the lore, but is no longer brought up because it makes everything well, that's uncomfortable about the Force even more so. Yeah, and that, you know, well, they kind of, it's still in there. It's in but there. They're, but they're retconning it, mm. interestingly, because of yeah. Luke's line of the Force is not just a Jedi thing. Yeah. You know, meaning that Ray, sorry everybody, when freaking, oh, why does Ray get the Force, blah, blah, blah. She supposedly can just be a nobody and yeah. just be super fucking force sensitive. Yeah. Get over it. Which, by the way, for those of you who are going to say, to, to say that this is, uh, you know, because this is, it's one thing if people are going to be like assholes about lore, but if you're going to be assholes about lore and then not actually pay attention to it yourself, I'm going to call you out on this. This whole thing where it's like, you know, it's unfair to have someone turn out to be Force-sensitive if their parents aren't Jedi. The only Jedi that we know of who actually passed Force-sensitivity on to his children is Anakin Anakin Skywalker because they told us up front that the Jedi are not supposed to marry and have children for this precise reason. So they all had to come from somewhere. So it's, yeah, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Um... And also, I, I do like the, I think someone put the analogy, and you basically just made it before. Yeah. If someone's going to complain that people can't have new Force powers. Yeah. Which, where were you complaining in The Force Awakens with the freaking laser bolt being stopped in the air? But anyway, this... Well, that, this, well, that that's just a more powerful yeah, version of powers that they are. Yeah. But this one goes a lot further. Before you complain about that, I think as we've said before, then where were the people in Empire... You know what I mean? Where people are all of a sudden, what, shooting laser beams yeah. and shit. <laughs> Do you know? You know what I mean? And, or, or living immortally, um, yeah. as a as a force ghost, as a force ghost. Yeah. You know, and and so 
of course, the powers can change, guys. They changed in the first three movies. Yeah, yeah. Of the, the fourth, fifth, and, and sixth. Uh, and, Fuck. Not, <laughs> and, and not for nothing, but the one really extreme new power that we see that actually is like a... Uh, I mean, we, we, we see three force abilities that we haven't seen before, which is directly communicating across space and time, um, being able to survive in the vacuum of space. Yeah, so, so for... <laughs> For for those of you wondering, has anyone called that it's cheap that that Leia is force sensitive? Because why wouldn't she be? Well, no, I think I mean I'm pretty sure she used the force to survive in space. Well, That's no, what they're every, evoking there, right? Well, no, because the the and one, she feels Luke and yeah. can be so. Well, no, but the, the I mean I think that that one's getting a, a, a gimme because you know everyone is sad that Carrie Fisher is gone. And, she, and it's badass. No, it, well, it's badass, but also the. You know, as soon as they said, oh, we're going to get Carrie Fisher back for the new ones, the first thing even the worst fanboys said was, okay, so we actually have to see Leia use the Force this time, right? Like, we actually have we, we, we have to see, you know, some version. Of, and it's it might not be the version that you wanted. I think, I think a lot of people wanted to see Leia grab a lightsaber. And, I, I and, think it would have been too much. No, it, if it was going to happen, yeah. it would have happened in The Force Awakens. Yeah, no, well, it would have happened in The Force Awakens. And also, you know, if, if people want her to be, you know, like, you know, one of the powerful ones of those people, you know, the lightsaber is something they use because they have to. The real, the, the Force power, like, you know, Yoda at his most powerful when we saw him in Empire didn't bother with his fucking lightsaber because he could just pick an X-Wing up by looking at it. Which, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I do, I like going off of that force power thing. I do like that Ray talking for the audience for a moment has the line. So, so what are the Jedi? Luke says to her, what, what is the force? And she goes, you know, it's the ability to control people's minds and like lift rocks and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, so is that all you guys think it is? And I like that Luke's immediate yeah. reaction is, yeah, sure, fine, all of that, but it's all wrong. And that yeah. line's used twice brilliantly, but then I like that her big saving thing in the movie is, is to lift a bunch of rocks. Right, yeah. No, it's, <laughs> yeah, no, that's that that's that's called uh foreshadowing. 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 Yes. That's for you kids, that is actual foreshadowing where it's meaningful to the plot. It's not just leaving an unresolved thing in the background of one movie be brought up in the next one. So we, we've gotten off track of this a couple of times, but the thing people are upset about with Snoke. is, well, well, the Snoke thing is that they, the thing is I, the Snoke thing is that's people imagining that there's a twist there. They want him to be Anakin. They, they want him to be Jar Jar. They want him to be um, the, the, the Jedi that taught Palpatine that he could reincarnate yeah, himself. Oh, uh, Dar- Darth Plagueis. Darth Plagueis. Or, or, they, or, or, they, yeah. or they want him to be uh, one of the Jedi kids that uh, Anakin killed but survived, and that's why his face Or they looks want like Rey to be the reincarnated Anakin because mm. he was born without parents, and that's or why they, she doesn't have parents. Or, or, or they wanted uh, it to turn out that Rey is actually dark side this whole time. The, 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 the theory that I honestly... And I don't go in for the fan theory things, but the only one of these stupid fan theories, which folks don't put into the comments or something, um, unless you absolutely need to, that, uh, you know, well, Bob is part of the problem because he writes speculation articles about other things. Yes, I know I'm part of the problem. This is the industry. All right. This is like. It, and we wouldn't be talking about this yeah. if this movie wasn't trying to yeah. be a little bit of a. Every once in a while, you need an antidote to that problem. You do. You do. And this movie coming yeah. in and kind of. Being, 
This movie is a delivery service for smashing that. Yeah. And someday they're going to make an Avengers movie that does something like this, too. Well, I mean, they did. It was called Iron, Iron Man, Man 3. 3. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, which we can talk about, too, with the Mandarin, yeah. right? So, so fuck all of you, because the Mandarin's yeah. awesome. Yeah. By the way, I wouldn't have to be part of the problem if you people would read something in film criticism other than speculation about what was going to happen in the next fucking Marvel movie. Well, they listen to our podcast. They do listen to our podcast. They do do that, and we thank them. And they support um, my Patreon. They support uh, Patreon, which is uh, the chip up on uh, Patreon, which you yes. should absolutely do. Yeah, I should talk about that again As at a, the end. Please support it. Please, please do. <laughs> so, um, especially now that Patreon backed off of their bullshit. Yes, thank God. Yeah, so... People assumed that the because they left a mystery with they like they left a legitimate mystery, which was okay. We have this thing go, and I and I don't mean like like it's not a bullshit mystery box. It is an actual mystery, and it does pay off here for a reason. Like I think a lot of people are acting like the payoff here is a it only exists as a fuck you, like it was set up to be a no. joke, and it's not. It's the a Ray thing, yeah, and it's making point because when they tell us that. We don't know where Ray came from. That is set up as a legitimate mystery because she and Kylo Ren both seem to be members of this new generation of even more powerful force users. Like that that like that's our whole clue with Kylo Ren in the first one. The turnaround for him in Force Awakens, which by the way, Abrams is wonderful at casting and he understands characters, so he understands that it's brilliant to have this guy show up looking like live ninja Darth Vader, and the first thing we see him do is use a force ability very casually that even Vader was not like Vader would well, block a laser with his hands. Kylo Ren just stops. And that's the other cool, yeah. you know, as we're about to talk about Ray, that's the other cool reason why Snoke, I wouldn't be Snoke being a non-issue. Yes. But Smoke, Snoke being kind of deflated a little bit is important because we're supposed to believe when we meet Snoke for the first time, that since he's the Supreme leader, yeah, that he is somehow some new ultra Sith or ultra Jedi. Yeah. And he's powerful, Mm -hmm. but in the scene where Kylo Ren kills him, we find out that Kylo Ren is even more powerful than him, and and Rey is even more powerful than probably the both of them. Especially since he was able to do that without uh, another Force-sensitive person knowing he was about to do it. Exactly. And and so, I mean, those of you calling bullshit, I think it actually layers and adds even more to the story. No, it's, it's there. It's, and and, and yeah. then, so so we'll so, get to it. Kylo yeah. Ren tells Ray that she's a nobody. Yeah, that's that the her, big... That, that yeah. her parents were junkers, and they sold her away to slavery for money and died. Yeah, and, <laughs> and not only that, but that she has either known this herself or at least suspected it all along and has just been in denial about and, it. And that is called sad and yeah. good character development. It's good, but it's also... I think that people are... Now, granted, I understand why people are disappointed because it because it basically says that if you are someone who spent the time in between these movies looking up Star Wars lore and looking at people's like hereditary birth lines and trying to figure out who she could be, having it turn around and say, no, it's bullshit, she came from nowhere, is a that they're only doing it to fuck with you, that this was a deliberate F you to the, it's like, you know, Hey guys, screw you for paying attention. This is there. Now, frankly, I hate that bullshit so much at this point that I would be perfectly fine if it was doing that just as a fuck you. But the thing is, it's not because not just the theme of this movie, but what now seems to be the theme of the whole thing is blowing up this idea that, established in across all of the other movies that the force users 
have to be something special and yeah. that and and that the like I love Star Wars too that but Star Wars is weird about its stature as a story about underdogs because like you know even yeah, Luke even, is Luke is shown to be an underdog and then we find out no there's no chance that he's this powerful that it's it's all just yeah. kind of it's free uh, predisposition well, well not well and not only that like I mean if you want a symbol of, if, if you want a symbol of how weird Star Wars is in the way that it evokes underdog stuff is that this is a um, a series where the where the empire is a hastily cobbled together sort of authoritarian state that's existed for about you know twenty five years, and the rebellion is being led by a member of the bloodline aristocracy that's ruled the galaxy for decades beforehand, and and yet pointedly in this new one, Leia is no longer Princess Leia. She's General Leia, and we don't see her in uh, the the royal stuff anymore. She's just kind of hanging out in uh, combat fatigues like everyone else is. And uh, rather pointedly, we now have this systematic destruction in the movie of, you know, the Jedi Order, gone. The foundational Jedi stuff, gone. Not only gone, but with Yoda himself showing up to tell us, no, dude, yeah, it's time that we get rid of this stuff. We're not the Catholics anymore. This is over. So, <laughs> di- dial back for one second to make yeah. sure those yeah. of you who have, if you haven't seen the movie yet, we said spoiler alert at the beginning, but I, I just need to do something for a minute. Fucking Yoda. Yoda. <laughs> Yoda. Is in this movie. Yeah. And, and before, bef- as if that wasn't cool enough. Yeah. Yoda's a fucking puppet. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you do. I'm getting a little emotional, yeah, because I remember yeah. watching the special features mm. on the Phantom Menace, yeah, back when they thought all of this Jar Jar Binks shit was a good idea, yeah, yeah. Because when that came out on DVD, that movie was still a big fucking deal. Like it was the anger was there, but yeah. the movie was a big fucking deal. Yeah, not for without reason. There's some spectacle in that. Yes, yeah. but yeah. but. There's a shot of Frank Oz with his Yoda puppet because Yoda, at least in that movie, was still a puppet in the yeah, Senate. Yeah. Holding the puppet up in the air, being shown the dailies of the first Jar Jar Binks run. Yeah. And he looks at the camera and says, I'm out of a goddamn job. Yeah. Yeah. No, sir, you were not. Yeah. Yeah. And there is a goddamn puppet Yoda in a Star Wars movie. Yeah. And that exchange mm. and that scene with Yoda and Luke yeah. surprised the fuck out of me. Yeah, I expected to see Yoda at some point. But it's but I just how they used that. him. Yeah. He didn't have to come and fucking jump around like a... Yeah. Whatever. Even though those scenes are cool. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just... The, the thing, I said small before, even though the movie's a big multi-million dollar movie, yeah. it's very minimalist in, like, scenes like the Kylo Ray team-up fight. Yeah. They they kill Snoke and then they have this like back to back lightsaber duel with all of Snoke's pr- pr- what are the Primordian guards? They don't uh, say the name in the movie, so that's why. But I uh, well, they're they're the new version of the Praetorian. Yeah, guards. the Praetorian yeah. guard. Yeah, is it's again they're jumping around. It's very like you know like kung fu movie and yeah. its styling which Lucas used in the prequels mm-hmm. but it still has that feeling of like the good lightsaber fights from empire where you can see what's going on yeah. and they fight like you actually would with one of these devices yeah, it's, it's, and it's just yeah. a really well put together scene with only a few characters yeah. in it 
against a red drop sheet background. Yeah. And it's one of the best looking scenes in the whole movie. It is. And it's and, and there's so much layered in there with the characters of and also, you know, kind of they're they're demythologizing the lightsaber stuff because like and they did this this very deliberately. Like, if you want to talk about fucking with the fans, the actual fucking with the fans is in that scene because they put out all of this stuff into the TV spots where there's, oh my god, there's a shot of uh, Kylo Ren holding a blue lightsaber. Does that mean he's a good guy? Oh, look, there's Rey holding Kylo Ren's lightsaber. Does that mean she's going to go bad? Because the only fan theory that I thought had any sort of, of merit to it was I honestly thought that they might be... Full bait and switch? Well, not just a bait and switch, but if you remember the uh, the previous movie... The running thing with Kylo Ren is that he would be the best bad guy ever, but he's got a little too much light side in him. Well, he and, he doesn't kill his mom. Yeah, right. He yeah, but then he I has the, the most perfect yeah. opportunity to do so. so. So I honestly did think that if there was any fan theory that was going to turn out to be true, it would be that uh, just by happenstance, the 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 new Force users had temporarily wound up on the other side and it was going to turn out that Rey was destined to be dark side and that Kylo Ren was destined to be light side. Which, which, you know, yeah, could, could always be the way that it ends up. I mean, there is all that shtick with Luke and being really worried about her immediately opening herself up to the, to the dark and the light at the same time. Yeah. And that weird pit. Yeah. On the Island where she sees herself and we see the shadows of her parents walk up and there's, Still no payoff. It's far less mystery box. We don't yeah. quite know what's going on. Yeah, there. but well, we know it's it's that it's this movie's version of Luke going into the tree. Yeah, with, but we, uh, which you know, now that you think about it, how did anyone? How did any of us at the time not know what the surprise was going to be after that business in right. the tree? He literally knocks off Vader's helmet and, and sees it's his face, and yeah. the, and yet somehow they hit it because we weren't expecting it. It wouldn't it wouldn't happen anywhere. We 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 guess it. Because at the time it was, we were still close enough to seventy sci-fi that a weird dream could just be a weird dream and not a, a fortune. Yeah. Anyway, so the the big reveal here is is that Ray turns out to be nobody, which is an f you to and that. Again, but, and also, you yeah. know, if if it is where they're going with her character, yeah. which it seems to be, yeah. great. But remember, it's also Kylo Ren telling her this. He's also mm-hmm. doing it to try to get her to just fucking say everything sucks and give yeah. in and come on my side. So it still could be a game. If, I don't think it is. I, don't I hope it's not. If it if if they turn it around, I think it'll be a giant betrayal. But isn't because, Johnson also writing the next one that Abrams is directing? Uh, I don't think he's writing the next one Abrams is directing. I'm but, pretty but, sure Disney's not but, letting him go anywhere. But well, no, he's he's writing a whole new trilogy to come They're after. They're not going to let him go be. anywhere. I'm sure that they won't. But uh, it's, <laughs> it's 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 not like they came up with these plot points. Like Lucasfilm had already set up where this was all going. But still, I mean, they they pro- I'm sure that they have influence. But I think that. Uh, I don't think that Abrams can come back into the next one and say, no, I like my version of where Ray was going, and so we're going to do that. I don't think True. that's going to – I think it was already set. True. Especially because all of the stuff that pays up in this one makes sense in the last one because we have this – if I have a criticism of this – of, of uh, The Last Jedi, if I have any criticism of it at all – it, and it, this criticism might evaporate on a second viewing. It's that the, the yes, ex- we've both only seen this yeah. once. The the extended chase thing that makes up the second act of the movie uh, is oddly structured because the characters are consistently making bad decisions, taking the wrong route, and having to redo it. And there's a lot of misdirection and characters not trusting each other. That for a change does not turn out to be a little bit, but not like normally in movies when good guys don't trust each other and think that bad decisions are being made because everyone loves the uh, 
the the jigsaw puzzle plotting now where everything is a mousetrap contraption that has to play out. Uh, every time, like, when was the last time other than this that you saw any movie that had characters doing things that didn't make sense or making poor decisions in the midpoint of a movie where the payoff was not actually everything I was doing made complete sense. I just needed to keep you in the dark for no reason. Yeah. Like every movie, like every movie, like bad guys can't just do bad shit just to do it. Everything has to be, I am the author of all your pain. Uh, You know, like everything has to be like that. Now in this movie has characters, you know, there's a little bit of the misdirection where, where they are, you know, they're, they're, not telling Poe Dameron, uh, you know, why the fleet plan doesn't make sense because they think they might have a mole and therefore they can't just tell everyone that the plan is to, you know what I mean? Yes, yes, like, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and they get all of... All they of, don't know that the reason they're being tracked is just because they have updated technology that can track them through light speed now. Right, yeah. It's, they, they And the movie even plays some misdirection to make you think that maybe it's Finn. Yeah, yeah. Or I like the the way that they do the shot structure makes you think maybe Finn's got something embedded in him. Right. Or yeah, something like yeah. that. You know yeah. what I mean? So during the midpoint of, of this, Finn and uh, new character Rose Tycho. Who's fucking awesome. Who's, um, she should the, stop for a minute. And j- she's adorable. She's great. She's an incredibly good actress. She and is. her character does not feel... It feels naturally like she should be there. It doesn't feel tacked on, mm. even though... Her and Finn's little fetch quest gets a little overblown, I think. I think out of everything in the movie... It's a little long. It's a little overlong and it's a little too CGI. Um, yeah, there's but no I, moment to that. But, but mm-hmm. it is a setup for the casino planet. Yes. Which shows us the, where Rogue One showed us the deep-seated, okay, the, you know, the rebellion, if you look at it the wrong way, could just be a terrorist organization. Yeah. Um, this gives you the arms dealers and people making money off of both sides side of the thing. Yeah. Which I find very interesting. It is. But you get this Rose character coming to this planet and just, she says, this place is disgusting. It's terrible. I don't want to go there. And Finn is who's, you know, been fucking trapped on Star Destroyers his whole life. Yeah. Being a freaking, is in cloud nine because it's it's you know it's the main city yeah. in the hunger games right he's yeah, just right. got he's everything and she gives him binoculars and goes look down and you see the little kids who are in slavery yeah. taking care of the casino racing dogs or the big racing yeah, yeah. dog things yeah. and you get so much about her in that one bit yeah which is what i said earlier opens us up to this whole new universe of you see these kids and now all of a sudden, these really are the Luke Skywalkers. Yeah. The is- ones that have no tie. These are the rays. This this shows you the parallel of <laughs> these are the other people who come from nothing, who look up to the sky and yeah. want to go somewhere, which brings us to our awesome last shot, which you can, we can still talk about right. after. Yeah. But so No, no, it, it's a great bit. And because like the... Of the things that we don't often see in Star Wars, that that's like the casino thing. It goes on too long, and there's a little too much physical comedy. And I think that there's, I love Benicio del Toro in this. I think there's a there's like maybe one too many turnarounds with his character yeah. that are <laughs> now. I think now, granted, I also don't think we've seen the last of him, but uh, I think no, I think there's either redemption or something involved. Maybe he's the new Boba Fett kind of thing. Well, kind of he's he's sort of Boba Fett, but he's like. Um, I don't have anyone in Star Wars to compare him to, but basically he's Harry Mudd. Yeah. Okay. You know? So, okay. so he's he's got like he's a, he's like one of those guys. It's like uh, the thing of it is, is that he he's basically a Han Solo character though, because there are these guys who all they do is survive in this world. You know, just just get from one place to the next. And uh, but but we, he does 
kind of facilitate. He kind of helps them, but he facilitates yeah. most of the remaining rebellion people getting killed. No, no, he's a no, no. He's, he's, he's a dick. He's a dick. He's a dick. But but we understand who he is, and we also get the point of going. But Paul also got yeah. most of the rebellion people killed at one part in the movie. Yeah. So but, but like, no, but like the reason <laughs> to go to this casino planet is to sort of remind us that uh, because throughout the because Star Wars doesn't is is a, is a set of movies and not a set of TV shows for the most part. You know, we you know the world building that it does tends to be fixed on the main characters who tend to be big important people with big important things to do, and not only like you know Rogue One points out you know some people are in the rebellion not because they were royals who had their powers taken away and would like them back, but because it sucks to live under the Empire and they just like to blow and they would just like to blow this shit up because it's fucking with their lives. Yeah. This one kind of goes around on the other side and says you know. It's not like the Empire is sending stormtroopers to every planet and kicking everyone's ass. Some people are not necessarily doing the genocide, but making good money by work by living in this economy and fuck them too. You yeah. know, you know, this is that this which Star Wars generally does not like the only other sense that we get of that in the others is the uh, the Return of the Jedi stuff with Jabba the Hutt, and they make it very clear across all of those movies that the Huts are going to run their gangster operation in any economy, no matter what, because they're pirates and that's how they survive. Whereas this is very explicitly, no, the Empire is able to do what it does because there's a certain class of people that are uh, being kept very comfortable with what the Empire is doing to everyone else, yeah. so why would they not? Yeah. And, and this is, not only is that cool and something we haven't seen before, but they 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 meet like a, a stable boy basically who helps them out and it's for a minute there it feels like it's like a callback to just the Phantom Menace like okay wow there's still child slavery in here and this is like that um, so our last shot of the movie is after we've established now that uh, you know so Luke is gone Luke, yeah we'll we'll get to that in a yeah, minute yeah Luke is gone um, we've probably seen the last of Leia just just because of reality unfortunately. there's nothing they can do yeah. I'm, I like where they left her, but there's nothing. Yeah. All they can do is either say in the next movie that she passed on, or yeah. just have the character not be there. Yeah, it's. All, I, so, I don't know how so, they can, so, so, else they can yeah. do it. So we've basically because Snoke is gone, and at least it's implied that Snoke is of contemporary age to the other older characters. Like you know, he whoever whatever he was, the point is that he's not important. He was just some asshole, and uh, so now we have. It, this but is, we've also established that Force ghosts. Yeah. With Yoda yeah. can actually affect reality. Yeah, that's true. Yoda made lightning yeah. to lit the Jedi Temple Tree on fire. Yeah. No one seems to have an issue with that, by the way. We, we've never seen Force ghosts, not just shoot. Well, no, that's why I somebody mm. at Lucasfilm has something big that's going to happen in movie number three. I, I imagine Which so. is going to involve a person that's already passed on. I, would I really fucking hope it's not Anakin. But it would be cool if it was, but I hope it's not. My expectation is we'll see Anakin Skywalker again. I I, I, I was almost thinking when yeah. the shadow approached Ray yeah. in the in in the glass thing that it was gonna be Anakin. Yeah. Um I, I know that that's a cheap reveal, having there have been like a third kid that we didn't see and all that, yeah. but that's what I thought they were gonna do. Well also the timeline there doesn't make sense because like yes. Lu Luke appears to be about sixty and yeah, she appears I, I know, to be about but 19. that's just that's just where I thought they were going yeah, with that. Yeah, no, I, I think it would there is it would so the, I, I would there's no denying that we might not have seen the last of Snoke is what I'm Yeah, getting. no, no, I, I think I think that that's also true. I have a feeling I can't imagine 
that they, especially now with Abrams doing it, like maybe not if Abrams wasn't going to do it. I can't imagine that we get to the end of this new trilogy and don't see Yoda, Anakin, Luke, and Obi-Wan lined up like the end of Jedi. I can't imagine. No, we, we I, you know what? I want it. Yeah. Now that you say that, I kind of yeah. want that. You, you, now, um, do you get, uh, do, do you use the, the footage of uh, regular human Anakin again, or do you... Because I understand, be, be, because, uh, and I mean, you know, the, uh, the, the, the Anakin who was still an old, basically uh, as he would have looked at that age, if he were not Darth Vader, do you use that or do you not give in to the fanboys who want to take their pound of flesh from Hayden Christensen for existing and say, okay, you know what, Hayden Christensen, you you may not have been the best actor. I think Christensen needs to be there. You, you think he does? I th- I would rather have Hayden Christensen show up to play Anakin in a new movie yeah. than have him digitally reinserted over old movies. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. I that I don't yeah. like, yeah. but I think he's he's earned the fact that he's Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. He might not be Darth Vader in my eyes, but he is Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, no. He, he, and he, he showed up and did the work. And, and he uh, was not bad in Revenge of the no, Sith. No, he wasn't. There's a lot of heavy lifting done yeah. by him in that movie. Yeah, the, the, it, the ghosts. Yeah. It will. It will not surprise me if we see um, Anakin Skywalker one more time. The problem with Obi Wan is that it, it, it. As much as I like you and McGregor as Obi Wan, it can't really be him. No, it has to be Alec Guinness. So how are they going to? Are they just going to do it like they did with? Um, well, well I, th- I imagine as they did with Jedi. Because, I hope so. Well, also because with with Jedi, now, you and McGregor could do the voice if they wanted to say new things and digitally augment mm. it. I don't care. But it can't look like him. Yeah. Well, we'll see, because they're going to have to answer whether or not to also have Carrie Fisher show up, so... They probably should at that moment, well, even if, if it's just a still. If if the character is dead. Yes. If, if the, um, yeah. um, and Qui-Gon yeah. has to be there because he should at least show back up one more time. I, I kind of I feel like we, uh, if, if we're going to mention Qui-Gon Jinn at all, if ever again, I think if they're going to use him, we probably need like one of those Star Wars stories movies where we can maybe have someone mention to him that you really fucked this whole thing up. Yeah, he really you, did. You really should have left that orphan where you found him. Um, so, so, so you're getting back to the okay, yeah. So that they they meet the slave kid who's like a stable boy, right? And uh, which this is so awesome. Now, do 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 you want to describe what happens or not? Because well, well, we're at the end of the movie. The well, the other earlier people, on, earlier on, Rose and. The, well, and I'm um, Finn. Finn, yeah. Meet this stable boy, and he's about to do what he's trained to do, which shit, there's people here that are not supposed to, I'm going to push this button. Yeah. And he doesn't push the button because she flips this cool hidden ring around to show the insignia of the rebellion. Yeah. It, not the not the resistance, but the fucking rebellion. Yeah, the, the rebellion. The, 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 it's fucking the, awesome. The rebellion logo. The re, yeah. Yeah. Anywho, Rogue Squadron, right? You know, the it just... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the kid immediately recognizes it. Yeah. And... Gets really excited and they help them break out. Yeah. So here we've had Luke's not here anymore and he's given the line to everybody, you know, I will not be the last Jedi. Yeah. Um, you know, insinuating that it's just Ray. So we're supposed to go, okay, Ray's the next Jedi. Yeah. Well, this stable boy. And again, this is unlike any other Star Wars movie, right? They don't end like this. They usually end with someone like cheering or like a mm-hmm. big celebration. This yeah. is such a small, intimate little moment. He kids walking out into the stable, and the doors opened up, and you see the sky. And this yeah. is this is like a Spielberg shot. It is. It's, it's it is. Just, well, it's, and, it's the nighttime version of Luke looking at the two suns. And the kid is. walks out, and a, it, I guarantee. 
50% of the audience doesn't even notice this. No, they didn't. The kid reaches out and force pulls the fucking broom into, into his, his hand. hand. Yeah. And then walks out and points the broom into the sky like a lightsaber. Well, he has, he, he's, he's, he sweeps <sighs> and then he turns around to look at the star. And this it's, is, and it's playing under the lot, the dialogue from, it's either Luke or Ray. It's, is, is it it's Ray? It's Luke. It's Luke. And he's talking about how this belongs to the new generation. And he turns the broom around in his hand like it's a lightsaber. I, actually wept. Yeah, it's it's really something. And I'm going to see, fuck, you know, you can call me a wuss. I've had a very emotional year. Yeah, yeah. It it was awesome. Yeah. It makes up for any criticism, anything that, because yeah. again, this movie takes at least 50 risks. Yeah. It takes character risks. It mm-hmm. does, it, it does things. Now, we were talking about things people don't like. Yeah. Everybody wanted Phasma. Yeah. To be this big deal. Stormtroopers aren't a big deal. The fact that they gave yeah. a Stormtrooper character at all is awesome. Now, Gwendolyn Christie has a great moment in this movie. Oh, yeah. Her bits with Finn are great. Yeah. Do you think that was underserved? Do you think that's Johnson not liking the character and wanting to off it? Or I, I don't think it's not liking the character. I think it's a matter of... Because that's, of... that's a criticism I've heard. I, so. You know, I think that... I think Phasma's I, just a henchman. Well, the thing is, she, I, well, she's a henchman, and also I feel like it's... It's like being up. It's like being upset that uh, that Grand Moff Tarkin eats it in the first Star Wars. Yeah. You know, it's like look, she she had a purpose there. She was Finn's nemesis. She was you know a, she she was his leader and and you know took him out. And the only thing left undone was for Finn to get over on her and you know reconfirm because he kind of had to to run away from the last one. Didn't really get to get that over. So I think like you know would it be cool to you know it's like yes is it unfor- I like the rebel scum line yeah is it unfortunate that uh, you know we've uh, you know that this is one of our big female, and this, we this is our, behind our big, a mass, our big and, female villains, and then it's there. I like the, uh, I, I think that they did about what they can with her because, again, unless they're going to suddenly decide to say, no, actually, she's this real important person. She's just another first order functionary, and also they, I don't think that the the way that they're going forward because you know now we've uh, we have you know the first order was scary when it was under the thumb of this guy who seemed to be under control. Well, great. Now the the two guys in charge of this entirely inter you know powerful intergalactic war machine are two you know are are basically Don Jr. and Eric Trump of space are you know the, these two whiny simpering I man babies fucking who hate each other love. We talked about how this movie yeah. gives people good character development. When Ren is potentially dead, yeah, after the fight with Ray, and no, he's not. But yeah. Hux doesn't know. Hux has this look of kind of gives him a look over and gets ready to pull his gun out. Yeah, like I'm just fucking ending this right now. Fuck yeah. this guy. I'm in charge. And then he wakes up and puts it away. And it's just such a great scene. And then still the cowardice of Kylo Ren. Oh yeah, the, the stupid girl killed um. Killed uh, Snoke, yeah. so uh, now I'm angry. Yeah, and um, so so then to not make well, Jesus, we've been talking about Star. It's really that good, guys. Yeah, but um, <laughs> do we want to leave uh-huh. for people that haven't seen this one spoiler not touched uh-huh. and not talk about anything involving Luke in the third act? We really haven't. Yeah, said you, it. Might, you might as well. I mean, I don't think we need to describe it. But I think we'll just uh, say we talked about force powers going further than anything yeah. we've ever seen. You ain't seen shit. Yeah, I. Uh, I <laughs> the, the thing is, is I Mark, Mark Hamill was geniusly underutilized in the Force Awakens, which pissed a lot of people off. Yeah, 
they, yeah. let's just say, if Luke Skywalker was not already a career making role, he has yeah he's, built a oh he's so a giant great. statue that can be seen from space to himself. Oh, he's in he, this. he's so great and he's it, he's great. He's funny. Yeah, let's say to start this movie wanting to just shit on your expectations and not in a bad way. I'm talking, it shits on them and then goes, here's something even cooler. Yeah. If you just are ready to open your arms to it. Yeah. The big, Oh, she's going to hold the lightsaber out. What Luke's going to do. The first thing he does, he takes it, looks at it and chucks it in the fucking ocean. Yeah. <laughs> He's done. Like, fuck this thing. Yeah. And just walks away. Yeah. He, he doesn't. And he, just walks yeah. away. Yeah. And it's, it's great because it's, and he's his timing. It, Cause this yeah. physical comedy to it that I didn't even know. I didn't even know I wanted the character to have. Yeah. And yeah. so without without saying how he ends up in the third act of the movie, yeah. Luke ends up in the third act of the movie and faces off against Kylo Ren. Yeah. And he does this Jesus walk past all the characters towards Kylo and turns to the camera and looks at Leia and gives this wink, like, both to break the fourth wall and to go, yeah. I got this shit. Yeah. And he, they've also de-aged him like 20 years. Yes. The rest of the movie, when you see him, they want him to look like, they want him to look like Obi-Wan. Yeah. Disheveled and kind of, mm-hmm. almost, well, almost kind of crazy. Well, well, not, well, you not, know? well, not only like Obi-Wan, and, but and like broken. The, well, but like, because we're, they're very cannily doing the, because it, the visual signifier of Obi-Wan in the first movie when he shows up is the World War II vet who, would yes. you know because these were made in the 70s and the whole thing is about you know luke being the vietnam generation who is conflicted about whether or not he wants to fight in a war like his parents of the greatest generation so when we meet obi-wan in that one you know we didn't call it ptsd at the time but like the signifier for him is the older world war ii veteran who you know in town who doesn't come out for the parade and is kind of weird and maybe saw some shit and whatnot like that's you know, it's no accident that he looks like a homeless uh, yeah. hobo in the first week because he's supposed to. Um, whereas in this one, Luke is a baby boomer in his 70s, so he looks like a burned out old hippie. But, he's cynical. But he's, what I it's love, like Jeff Bridges. He, he's like Jeff Bridges yes. as Luke What Skywalker. I love, though, is without telling you how we get to this point, when he yeah. shows up to stand off against Kylo Ren, they've completely changed his walking gait, yep. his stature, his hair and everything is yeah. kempt, his beard is shaved. Yeah. His clothes t- fit tighter. He looks like he could freaking jump up in the air and do a backflip. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He yeah. just looks, and it's such, it's so brilliant yeah. and it's making all of you angry. What, what happens, yeah, yeah. I'm sure, but it's amazing and it I is. love it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, I won't say what it is, but it amazes me that people are looking at this and saying, well, wait a minute. If someone had used that force ability before, it would have solved all the problems in the other ones. And the scene is immediately followed by an explicit explanation as to why, as to why you've never seen anyone use this ability before. Yes. But but anyway, because it's the thing is, it, it's these movies are, are so often they seem to be caught between what people what, because the, the, the subtext underneath all of this is that we didn't get these movies five years after Jedi. Like yeah, that, we, like that's, we that's why everyone's in. Is that we didn't get them, and so we've had to rely on comic books and fan fiction for images of, you know, and I mean, this is pulled right from, like, one of the dark, like, um, there's a million different versions of what if we saw Luke back in action again, and every single one of them is Luke wearing black again, yes. you know, turning on his lightsaber in front of a bunch of AT-ATs because... 
don't you want to see that? And you get that. It's and, amazing. And, and you get like, you know, what, you know, of, you know, they give you the, you know, by the way, I'm Luke fucking Skywalker, you know, bit of this, but also not. And also, you know, they they remind us that it's, you know, like David Lambert, they say, you know, well, maybe what they need is a legend. And it's okay, we don't, you know, we, I mean, not for nothing, the kid who seems to be a force sensitive towards the end of the movie. Which means there's more. And that's what yeah. I like about it. Yeah. You know, it's like a whole bunch. It's, it's almost like something has happened in the force. And now there are a whole bunch of force sensitive people appearing Again. who haven't appeared before. It's almost like the force had not been doing its thing for a while and had, had come back in some like, way. Like awakened, like, right? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, Chris, it's almost like this thing that people think is coming out of nowhere and doesn't make any sense was, was, was the, title the title of the of last the movie. movie. Yeah, it's almost like all of this has, has been pre-orchestrated. It, yeah. You know, it's almost like there actually was stuff set up to be paid off later, but because they're not playing a stupid game with you and actually telling a story that you couldn't figure it out beforehand because the real way stories work is that you don't know that these were surprises until you go back and watch them later. Because if you could figure it out beforehand, they wouldn't be doing a good fucking job. And on that note, yeah, an hour and 16 minutes into our <laughs> um, last Jedi review. Yeah. I thought it was fucking the, great. It was great. It was great. I, you know, the second act is rocky, and uh, but you know, rocky only in that it's noticeably rocky in comparison to the near perfection right. of the first act and the third act. Yeah. Well, yeah, and all, yeah, and well, and third acts matter, and again, it's rocky because it's depicting rocky things. It's de you know, it's I don't know how else you depict a mission that goes badly and that you screw up without it going badly now, and you're screwing it up. Now, Star Wars movies, yeah, before this one yeah are kind of weighted against each other mm -hmm. i mean they're not they're not you know mm -hmm. the best of dramatic cinema yeah but they're not trying to be there's something else but i haven't seen as many movies as you this year yeah i want to talk for a small bit about my couple of favorite movies of the year okay but i think this again i haven't seen i i haven't seen logan lucky i haven't seen um Coco. Okay. I haven't seen um, Lady Bird. All right. You know what I mean? But my current two favorite movies of the year, mm -hmm. and they keep flip-flopping, flip but I think it's Get Out, Shape of Water. Yeah, that's good. Are the best two I've seen. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think Last Jedi could be in my top five. Yeah. Um. I, I just... Um, at least yeah. top ten, but I think it could be in my top five. Yeah, it would. Um. I uh, just... This and War for the Planet of the Apes, I mm. think, are right in line with each other. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm the... Uh, in one of my other roles, I'm the chairman of the Boston Online Film Critics Association, and uh, every year we vote towards year's end in the same way that every other critics group votes for uh you know uh, to to give little awards for the best movie of the year and the, these the, the, this is something that critics groups do as promotion for their members right. and it's part of the conversation so there's always a a debate about when to do it because most studios have released their what they consider their best you know the the stuff that's going to be end up on those lists they've released them by early december so we vote when most of the other critics groups do, which is early December. You know, that's when New York votes. That's when right, LA right. votes. That's when uh, the other older, uh, more established Boston Film Critics Association, uh, Boston Society of Film Critics votes. So we do it at the same time. And every year there's a debate as to whether or not to do it a little bit later. And um, each time the keep doing it early side of it wins 
because the only things that come out at the end of the year are giant Marvel or Star Wars movies, which, however good they are, are probably not going to end up on anyone's top ten. If I had to vote again, this would absolutely be in my top ten, and it would be very close to the top or the middle. It, it really is. This is the first time that a Star Wars movie... Like, here's the thing. Even it's impossible to divorce this because from, from Star Wars because, you know, I mean, Jesus Christ, that last shot, does that mean anything if not... If this isn't a Star Wars, I know probably because it's well executed and we've had all the other stuff. But uh, well, it's it it's really it, great. It resonates. It, it resonates yeah. as nostalgia, but it resonates in the story too, mm. and that's what's great about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, but also it's not nostalgia in the sense of hey, here's this thing you remember isn't that nice. It's sort of you know yes, the kid you know picking up the sword and whatnot is it's it's beautiful symbolism and whatnot, but it's also well told stories. The fact that they're also playing up the Jedi theme and it's a Star Wars movie, so we know what the sword means is still a huge deal. But it's it's not just here's a thing you remember, right? You know, uh, so it would be it it's would not like a Shrek movie. Yeah, this 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 is this would absolutely have uh, if if we'd voted, uh, you know, efforts this would be in there, and uh, I I wish, uh, you know, I wish that was different. Where do you think it ranks in um in Star Wars, man? Uh you know, I'm in. I almost want to say that that I don't even want to bother comparing it to the original three because you know, Jesus, I'm not five anymore so you know you, you it's can't really hard you can't compare but like i mean if we're being objective you know like if i'm being objective you know it's you're a better saying, movie than return of the jedi it if is we're being objective well yeah but 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 several of them are better than return of the jedi i know I but mean, it, you know, yeah you know but, like i mean like revenge of the sith has all kinds of problems with it and is still probably only slightly less good than return of the jedi which i think is a good movie but again how can so, you compare so it's so empire and new hope this and force awakens yeah this this has to be rogue one's probably up there too rogue one's a fantastic Movie. Yeah, I, I think I think so. I mean, it's at, at a certain point this becomes like the James Bond movies, but I really, it is very possible that this is uh, as good as Empire. It yeah, really it, is. It it's going to need more watchings. Yeah, Empire is such yeah. a rewatchably bleak little. It, 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 well, well, Empire <laughs> is, is rewatchable, and uh, you know this this I got to say, watching this. The Force Awakens felt like a big comfortable hug the whole time. Yeah. I mean, that's what it was designed to be. Right. So I think for 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 fluff, for for a candy bar, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. For something saccharine like that. I think I if, if I had these two on the shelf, I'd put The Force Awakens on if I wanted to feel good. Yeah. This movie challenged me. Yeah. Like I sat in the theater going, oh, God, I'm not sure I like where they're going with this. Yeah. And then they did it, and I go, oh, that was fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's the turnaround is there, and, uh, you know, you know, I just, I, I cannot, uh, especially turning it around in my mind, it's it's impossible not to think about how how much all of the stuff fits together, how good a surprise the thing with Ray is, but also how it reinforces the stuff about the kid and the last shot and how it all turns it around. You know, yeah. and, and, you know, that, that it all fits together, you know, that it's like, yes, we're blowing up the old and, and you know, going back and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's good. That's awesome. Yeah. So I was, I was going to try to talk about a couple other things, but you know, we're, we're delivering these things pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and we're going to try to do more of them. So I think we'll hold off. Yeah. This is the, the special... shape of water and the Oscar talk type yeah, th stuff. This is the special star Wars one. Yeah. Uh, um, plus the, you know, mo most of the world has not seen the shape of water because yes, it's not out there. Let's yet. wait till you guys have seen it. Cause I want to geek out all over that fucking yeah. movie. All right. Um, but anyhow, um, so again, um, I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation here again. 
Um, I'll say it now. I said at the beginning, spoiler warning. <laughs> yeah. Um, and again, if you if you liked this conversation and like this podcast, please contribute to my Patreon. Yes. Patreon.com slash the Chippa. That's T-H-E-C-H-I-P-P-A. Um, as I've told you before, the uh, the more contributions I get from that, the more of this kind of stuff I can do and the less of the uh, day job type work that takes up a lot more of my time and keeps me away from my family. So you'd be helping me be happier and helping me create more of this content. Um, and I appreciate Bob always for giving me time to help do this in his busy schedule. Indeed. Um, as always, um, thank you for coming along with us on the tangent. This is Chris. I'm Bob. Um, may the force be with you. Yeah, yes, indeed. Where's the button? You know, hold on. Don't turn it off yet because I want to ask you this to have this on record. We both went to Catholic school. Whenever someone says, may the force be you, you want someone and also to say with you. and also with you, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. try to actually say it under my breath. <laughs> All right. Let's and go. also with you. And also with you. And also with you.